It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Yes, I am Rob Carson. This is a brand new podcast, the first oral offering of uh, Newsmax TV. It's the uh, Newsmax Daily. A look at the uh, the day's politics, the day's events, the day's news. Also, uh, look at some of the great guests and uh, commentary you'll get on Newsmax from some of the other uh, hosts. I do host a show on Newsmax. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World? And it is a, uh, a comedy show. Uh, uh, it's kind of basically if you made uh, the Daily Show a conservative show which is you know, kind of hard to imagine. So in the last 24 hours, uh, Joe Biden has apparently put Kamala Harris in charge of the border. Uh, she's never done anything like this before, but apparently she's the, uh, the perfect person for the job, unless you ask somebody who's near the border. They say just opposite. It's not a big surprise because the president also made Pete Boot Edge Edge the uh, Secretary of Transportation, uh, and the only reason being he, he, him being qualified, according to the, uh, to the uh, administration, is that he rode a train in college. All right, so here's the president yesterday putting Kamala in charge of the border crisis. I've asked her, uh, the VP today, because she's the most qualified person to do it, to lead our efforts. Wow, you do not have a lot of qualified people in your administration then. With uh, Mexico and the Northern Triangle and the countries uh, that uh, help, uh, we're going to need help in STEM. Joe Biden thinks the Northern Triangle is that place where all the airplanes and ships disappear. In- the movement of uh, so many folks uh, stemming the migration to our southern border. Okay, now, uh, because uh, Kamala Harris is now in charge of the border, Joe Biden says she speaks for him. It's not her full responsibility and job, but she's leading the effort because I think the best thing to do is to put someone... I think she also feeds him. Who, when... Got a little applesauce on the chin there, Joe. Here you go. Where she speaks... Here comes the train! They don't have to wonder about, is that where the president is? When she speaks, she speaks for me, doesn't have to check with me. She knows what she's doing, and I hope we can move this along. But, so, Madam Vice President, thank you. Okay, there you go. Now, uh, of course, no press conference about the border would be complete without Joe Biden blaming Donald Trump and all sorts of other reasons why it's happening. And the reason why so many people were leaving, we learned, was that... Uh, not only gang violence and trafficking cartels. Which I guess just started January the 20th. But natural disasters, hurricanes, floods. Uh, which which hurricanes? Can you name the names of the hurricanes? Because I, I didn't recall re- reading about them. Um, earthquakes. Never, never heard about an earthquake either. And, uh, and so it's You not, forgot climate change. Not like someone sits around a hand union table somewhere in... Guatemala says, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have, give the money to a coyote, have them take our kids or us to the border of America, take us across, leave us in the desert. We don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? Uh, One of the ways we learned is that... uh, The reason why they're doing it is because they know they can get in, and now you've also broadcast that you're spending $86 million on hotels, so you'll actually be put up in one of the, the best lodging you've ever lived in in your entire life for a while. Then we'll just release you into the uh, into the population without a court date. Yeah, that's the reason why they do this. If you deal with the problems in country, it benefits everyone. It benefits us, it benefits the people. How about those countries stop really stinking? Grows the economies there. Unfortunately, the last administration 
Oh, uh, here comes the blamey. That funding uh, did not engage in it. Did not now, the reason why uh, the president, Donald Trump, stopped funding those countries is because, like Guatemala, would not accept MS-13 gang members from Guatemala back into the country. So uh, Donald Trump cut them off. And by the way, all the aid that we send to the uh, the Northern Triangle countries, and no, it's not where ships and, and planes disappear, it usually just goes to the oligarchs and to the higher-ups in government, and it doesn't ever make the countries better because they have been really stinking for a really long time. Not use it, even though there was over $700 million to help get this done. We're reinstituting that program. Yeah, it was corrupt. That's why the funding was cut. And there are, uh, as I said, there are many factors as to why people leave in the first place. But uh, this is... Uh, he didn't miss climate change. He didn't say climate change. Uh, uh, this is the, uh, the source of uh, one of the reasons why we've had such a, before we took office, in the midst of the last administration's somewhat draconian policies of separating children from their parents. Which you're, you're kind of doing now. And, and, and just by the way, why is it that all the good stuff of the last administration you're more than willing to take care of, but all or take credit for, I should say, and all of the bad stuff from the previous administration or your administration is blamed on the previous administration. Did that make sense? I think it made some sense. Here is uh, uh, Joe Biden, the end of the presser yesterday when the media realizes that questions could be asked and uh, Joe Biden's uh, handlers immediately rush him out. So thank you, Mr. President, for your confidence. Well, thank you. Thank you for willing to do it. Um, now we're going to get down to business here. And, uh, and uh, Ron, who am I turning this over to? Well, I, well uh, thank you very much, Mr. President. <laughs> I think it's uh, time for the press, our friends in the press to leave, though. Thank you. Well, they really think he's going to answer some questions. Yeah, apparently, you know, he's doing this uh, presser today. We'll have some highlights for that as we get them. But here is uh, Kamala Harris being asked by CBS News if she's planning on visiting the, the border. Now, of course, it is a crisis, and if she's been appointed to handle the crisis, uh, here's what she had to say. Will you and the president be going down to the border anytime soon? At some point, absolutely, we will go down to the border, and I've been down to the border. Um, and, and, and our Secretary of the Homeland Security, Alex Mayorkas, has been down there twice. Senior administration yeah. officials have been down there. Oh, he's the DHS secretary, and he's been uh, kind enough to go to the border twice. And there's a, there's a border crisis, you see. There. And yes, we will go. But the reality also is that in addition to the border, um, we also need to deal with the root causes. Yes. We need to deal with what's happening in the Northern Triangle we, and, ad and address it in a way that is about not only diplomacy, but bringing our allies together, dealing with, um, with what we need to do around. In other words, give them a lot of money that they'll just keep for the higher ups in government and the, the, uh, the population will continue to suffer. Aid in a way that is about developing those countries so that we also deal with the cause of why people are coming into our country. Yeah, we, uh, we started developing a couple hundred years ago. Uh, they're a little late to the party on this one. Apparently yesterday was Equal Pay Day, which is, uh, you know, uh, a made-up uh, holiday for women of the workforce. It's frequently told that uh, women make much less than men do, and there's in pay inequality when, in fact, actually men just do things that generally pay more, like mining coal or uh, building high-rise buildings, things like that. Teachers don't get as much money. And by the way, if women were willing to work for 60% of, of what men make, why isn't there a massive uh, why isn't there a massive hiring spree for women in the workplace? Really? Seriously? Anyway, here's the president getting all sorts of pandery on uh, yesterday's uh, uh, equal pay day. I've told my daughters 
granddaughters from the time they were old enough to understand what I was saying. And I mean it. And they haven't been able to understand you since. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. I'm thinking making sperm is one of those things. I was among the first senators ever to appoint a woman. Really long, deep belches. To the Naval Academy. I was just able to, as President of the United States, appoint two women as four-star generals. Well, that's, that, that, and that's great. And, and we, we appreciate that. But, uh, you know, there are some things that women can't do that we can't do. And, and I don't believe that I have a uterus, so I can't make a baby. The governor of Arizona, not too happy about Kamala Harris being appointed as the head of the border crisis, which I'm sorry, I guess I, I still kind of find laughable because she has absolutely no experience at it. But why should that stop her? Here is Governor Ducey of Arizona talking about how unqualified she is. Well, I, I have been informed that Vice President Kamala Harris is been put in charge of border security. She's about the Don't crack up. worst possible choice that one could make. Pretty much. Uh, in no point in her career has she given any indication that she considers the, the border a, a problem or a serious threat. When it comes to government, you don't have to know what you're doing to have an actual position and make lots of money. That's just the way it works. Now, a couple of things you may not know about Kamala Harris, and this is from Dan Crenshaw, a representative on Twitter. Um, did you realize that uh, Kamala Harris actually proposed decriminalizing illegal crossings, compared ICE to the KKK, was an advocate for taxpayer-funded health care for illegals, and hated the wall so much that she voted against the DACA wall compromise? Yes, here she is in a 2018 hearing where she had compared the uh, ICE to the KKK, speaking to one of uh, the ICE heads about that. Klan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And they t terrorized people, pretty much. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception of um, many about how the, the, the power and the discretion that ICE is being used? I don't think most people think the ICE is like the KKK. In fact, I would say maybe it's just you and a couple of like-minded sycophants. Force the laws? And do you see any parallels? I do not see any parallels. Between I don't see any hoods and horses and burning crosses. Between I'm talking about perception. Officers and agents. I'm talking about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as, in, as it relates. It'd be kind of like looking at a, a, a mail carrier jeep and seeing an ice cream truck. It's enforcing the law. Are you aware that? Are you aware of the perception? You know, and, yeah, don't chase after the mail uh, the mail carrier jeep because you're never going to get any ice cream. Just wanted to tell you, Democrats, that the perception. I see no. Are you aware that there's a that perception puts ice in the same category as the KKK? Is that what you're asking me? Pretty much. No, I'm very specific about what I'm asking you. Are you aware of a perception that the way that the... You want to know, know another misconception or misperception? Uh, you look at Kamala Harris and think she knows what the hell she's talking about. Discretion. I see to, no peril. I'm not finished. I see none. Think she's qualified enough to actually run the border. Not finished. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I'm just smiling. Yeah. Finished. Are you aware that there's a perception that, that ICE is administering its power in a way that is causing fear and intimidation. I don't think the KKK had any humanitarian uh, 
detention facilities that gave you three uh, three hots and a cot and also $86 million in free hotel stays. Um, um, particularly among immigrants and, and specifically among immigrants coming from Mexico. Well, you see, they're not citizens, so who really cares? You know, honestly, who really cares? Uh, you're not supposed to come here illegally. And, and ICE is there to protect the border, which is something the federal government should do. It's just one of those little things. I think it's in the Constitution. I could be wrong. Oh, by the way, um, the retired chiefs of the United States Border Patrol were joined by five former chief patrol agents in writing a letter to Congress saying that the situation at the border is grave and warned criminal organizations are capitalizing on the crisis to the tune of, by the way, about $400 million to the, uh, the drug cartels who are making money hand over fist sneaking kids in and what they do is they get money to bring the kids in and then the kids uh, uh bring family members with them and then they take those kids and they're actually not part of the family send the kids back again get more faux family members okay they're making more money smuggling in children than they are on illegal drugs that's how good it is for the cartels oh and let's not forget that the coyotes that are bringing them in uh sometimes the kids never make it because they pick and choose which ones they want to put into uh, sexual slavery i uh, just thought you should know there kamala as you take over the border here is a, a report from uh, fox business about what's going on at the border uh, some of the things that maybe you don't realize and uh, some of the small communities that are not able to handle the situation well covid test Stuart, the way they budgeted it uh if they drop two busloads of migrants every week throughout the year that's going to cost here in this town in Gila Bend, Arizona, $600,000. That is over a third of the city's entire budget for the year. And that is why mayors in small towns along the U.S.-Mexico border are telling us that they are being left behind by President Biden's border policy. Don't worry. Don't worry. The DH secretary has been to the border twice and Kamala is going to make it eventually. See, and Chris Riggs, the mayor here, tells me that President Biden is creating a crisis in his community by dumping these migrants off by the busload here in Gila Bend, Arizona. Border Patrol let us know that they were going to be uh, dropping migrants that had been detained for more than 70 or 72 hours um, in our town which we really didn't understand because we have no... The Biden border policy for American communities is uh, three words. Deal with it. Thing here. There's a huge monetary issue, um, criminal activity. We have no facilities. We do not have a hospital here. You know, that is uh, just about as derelict of duty as a government could do to not only open the border to illegals, but also cause immense suffering in small communities. Uh, also sexual assaults, murders, uh, rapes, uh, which are sexual assaults and, and, and the like, uh, you know, uh, robberies, carjackings. I could go on and on and on. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty awful of an administration to do. Here's the second part of that report with regard to crime in the small communities where illegals are being bust in. They are seeing an uptick in crime. It is not just a drain on their budget that they're worried about. Just this year, U.S. Border Patrol has encountered over 4,000 illegal immigrants who have been convicted of a crime. That is already double the number of migrants that they encountered last year. And Arizona ranchers... On well, that's because of the earthquakes and the hurricanes. Duh. The border say they are seeing an increase in illegal border crossers crossing into their backyard. And one rancher told me that that has caused 15 of his neighbor ranchers to sell their ranch along the border. They can't deal with it. Uh, they can't afford to deal with it. 
Uh, they don't want to raise their children there where they have to do that type of thing and protect them all the time. Uh, and, and it's not just President Biden that's out of touch. It's the whole administration. And, Stuart, it, to have a ranch along the U.S. border costs 35% more just because you have to repair broken fencing and wow. stolen water that illegal border crossers are stealing that they use to feed their cattle. Remember that slogan on the uh, Statue of Liberty, bringing me your tired, your hungry, and poor? What they, uh, the slogan should be now is, come here and make our residents tired, hungry, and poor. Uh, here is uh, uh, Peter Ducey, uh, one of the few remaining real journalists in Washington, D.C., admitting what happened yesterday during the presser with Kamala Harris when uh, Joe Biden was informed that he had a, a live press conference today and he had no clue about that. The eve of his first solo press conference as president. A few minutes ago, somebody shouted out to him, how are you getting ready for the press conference? And he said, what press conference, Brett? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, what press conference? And which, where's the house that I live in? I know it's white, not sure exactly where it is. Unbelievable. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't know, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador uh, blamed President Biden for the migrant surge that has erupted into a full-blown border crisis, arguing the expectations he set left migrants with the perception that they would be let in the U.S. And you know why? Um, because perception is reality in this case. Yeah, perception is uh, reality. Yeah. Uh, Jen Psaki, are you ready for some hot Psaki? That's what I call the Jen Psaki segment, some hot Psaki, where she uh, circles around to things and basically misleads you and uh, says a lot of words and doesn't actually say something at all. Well, everybody knows that Hunter Biden is um, uh, trouble with a capital T, okay? He has uh, gotten $3.5 million from a Russian uh, mayor's Aluna Baterina, the wife of Yuri Lugzov, a former uh, Moscow mayor. Uh, he was dismissed for corruption in 2010. <laughs> Imagine that. And he gave Joe Biden, or Hunter Biden, $3.5 million and uh, wired it to the Rosemont Seneca partners because he's so, uh, you know, incredibly good at law when he's not smoking crack and knocking up strippers. Anyway... Um, Saki was asked by New York Post uh, reporter Stephen Nelson about a $3.5 million payment from that. And then also remember that uh, Burisma, the uh, oil and gas company, gave him $50,000 a month to be on their on their board, the, uh, the Ukrainian uh, energy company. He knows nothing about energy, and they don't even think Hunter Biden's ever been to Ukraine. Here she is being asked about uh, Hunter Biden, the uh, money from the mayor, and having no clue, no clue what the press is talking about. Yourself oh, okay. Uh, Where's the cat? No, no, no it's not. Okay. Uh, so there was a report last year from the Senate Finance and Homeland Security Committee. It claimed that the wife of Moscow's former mayor uh, paid a company associated with the president's son $3.5 million. Uh, there was no explanation for this alleged payments. And I'm wondering if you could tell us if... Uh, and by the way, the, the story, I mean, if you don't know the story... Uh, you just watch the mainstream media. That claim is accurate, and if so, uh, what the $3.5 million was paid for. Not familiar with that claim. Doesn't sound like it's backed up by a lot of evidence. Uh, if you have evidence or specifics, happy to discuss it further. report. So you haven't asked about this? or I'm not familiar with the report at all. Yeah, okay. Well, by the way, the, the Senate report, it was a Senate report, uh, and it reported that $3.5 million was wired to Rosemont Seneca Partners, an investment firm co-founded by Hunter Biden and his partner, Devin Archer. And I mentioned that uh, it came from a uh, 
mayor's wife in Moscow. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to see here. It was the subject of a of a Senate report, but she'd never heard of it. I would suggest if you're going to be the spokesperson, you might want to brush up on some stuff. I'm just saying. Ted Cruz uh, put a, uh, a busybody reporter to shame by refusing to wear a mask. Now, I was reminded of, uh, you know, we call, uh, and I feel sorry for women who are named Karen in 2020, 2021, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the name that people are calling busybodies who are uh, awful, uh, frequently racist. <clears throat> Reminds me of, uh, for those of you from Generation X and, and maybe even Boomers, you remember, uh, you remember the, the, the show Bewitched? Do you remember Gladys Kravitz? She was a busybody. She was always peeking at windows and everything. Now, she had a reason because, you know, occasionally uh, Sam would become a cat, you know, and just stuff like that. And then Dora would show up sitting on a lamp. Uh, you know, just weird stuff like that would happen. But uh, here is Ted Cruz. This busybody, I guess, is from uh, K, I believe it's K-H-O-U-11, and insisted, as a reporter, insisted that the senator put a mask on, and this is uh, Ted Cruz giving him what fur? Uh, yeah, when I'm talking to the TV camera, I'm not going to wear a mask, and all of us have been immunized. So uh, you, you're welcome to step away if you like. The whole, the whole point of a vaccine, CDC guidance is what we're following. Yeah, pretty much, um, you know, when you get a vaccine, it means you've been vaccinated and you don't have it. And I think that's happened with all the other vaccines. I'm pretty much pretty sure about that one. Yeah, I'm sure of it. So another shop uh, shopping uh, shooting spree may have been avoided apparently this time at a Publix in Atlanta Georgia and this is frightening an observant person at the store recognized something and stopped something that could have happened the guy's name is Rico Marley 22 years old he was loaded uh with firearms with all sorts of weapons uh, apparently maybe an AR15 which of course is the <clears throat> Democrats weapon of choice to attempt to uh do gun control. Here is a report from Atlanta. Well, Rick, customers inside the public's very alarmed at what they saw. Police swarmed the area, able to detain a 22. This is WAGA TV. Year old man. Officers swarming publics at Atlantic Station today. Personally, really scary. Police say they detained Rico Marley quickly after being called out to reports of an armed man. According to police, Marley had five guns in his possession, including two long guns and three pistols. They also say he had body armor with him. People in the area say anything with guns and a grocery store certainly has people on high alert because of the Colorado mass shooting. People are on edge every time it happens. We're told Publix management alerted police to the potential disaster after a customer spotted Marley in the bathroom carrying a long gun. After Marley left the bathroom, police say they immediately detained him. Grady EMS was on site to do a mental health evaluation. People living nearby say this, along with other incidents involving guns, is becoming too much. Okay, now this is where the report gets stupid because they talk to two people in a parking garage and uh, they have their masks on and you can't understand a word they say. Yeah, okay, there you go. That, uh, well, otherwise, I mean, thank goodness somebody was there to see it. I think that goes without saying. Hey, let's move on to some great guests and commentary from my colleagues at Newsmax TV. Grant Stinchfield is awesome. He had a Colin Noir. He is a Colian Noir. He is a YouTuber. He's a gun rights advocate. He worked at NRA TV with Mr. Stinchfield. And here he is talking about these, uh, these attempts at gun control by Democrats. Colian, what do you make of the media coverage following the Boulder shootings and of course the massage parlor shootings as well. 
Unfortunately, I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, it's, it's at this point, it's par for the course. This is this is what they do. It's textbook. They wait for a tragedy and then they exploit the tragedy to push whatever agen- political agenda that they have. They've been doing this for decades now, so it's nothing. But they've gotten a lot faster. New. The only they used to just kind of wait until after the bodies had uh, you know been uh, uh, cooled and and the, and the funerals were over. But now, as it's happening, they start pitching gun control. It's really quite disgusting. The difference now is they have to push it a lot harder and they have to sensationalize things even more because we live in a different time now. Back in 1994, where Joe Biden touts how he was able to get this passed and do all that stuff. Um, you see, they have this thing called the interweb now. Things aren't the same anymore. You have a more educated population. I've heard of it. I don't know what it's all about. Of people. You have a lot of people now who know more on the issue than the vast majority of those people who are pushing these policies. So what's happening now is they're ratcheting it up in order to get people on board as much as possible. But in the process of doing that, they're making themselves look like idiots. Pretty much looking like idiots. Uh, people like, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Joy Reid on MSNBC. Uh, here is Colian uh, Noir talking about Joy Reid on NBC and her ignorance of, uh, of guns. Well, so one of the things that we like to do is debunk their lies. You were talking about Joy Reid. I've got another soundbite from her. Let me roll this, and this is, then I'm going to let it go back to you here. Derp, 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 derp. These are not the Armalite, you know, the Armalite rifle, the AR-15. It's not what you use in your house to protect your house. Let's just be clear. If anybody knows anything about guns, that's not what they're really for. Um, um, but, you know, Vice President Harris called them weapons of war. We understand they're not M-16s, but what other purpose is there for an AR-15 other than Killing people. Coleon, you and I have been around guns a long time. I've got an AR-15 in my house for just that reason to protect it. And I'm really thinking about getting one. What do you say to her there? I'm surrounded by them literally right now. I have, I literally specifically use AR-15s for home defense. Yep. It's, in, it's insane that she can actually say that with a straight face. Because if a handgun can be utilized for self-defense, of course an AR-15 can be used for self-defense. Because they're, by and large, the same thing. They're both semi-automatic Hang, they're both semi-automatic weapons. And so one has a more different purpose from the standpoint of functionality and use from the standpoint of, yes, it allows me to be more accurate with the AR-15. You ever been to a, a shooting range and tried shooting a, a, a rifle versus shooting a handgun if you're not terribly experienced? Uh, generally, you are much more accurate with a rifle. If it, when it comes to hunting, self-defense. Yep competition shooting and a myriad of other reasons why people decide to use an air like the government trying to take over and you know create nazi germany all over again 15 the same way i can use a handgun for hunting self-defense competition shooting and a myriad of other reasons why people use handguns. So this notion that somehow specifically the ar-15 is the only weapon that's designated for war <laughs> or killing a bunch of people is lunacy yeah pretty much but you know what uh, when has knowledge ever gotten in the way of bad journalism, or I should say, lack of knowledge? Uh, Grant did have something really funny. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Monopoly, the game, is becoming politically correct. They're getting rid of a lot of different things, including the, uh, I think, the the, the main guy, uh, Richie Rich, or whatever his name is, the white guy with the top hat. I think they're changing that. Uh, there's a few other things as well. Uh, here is uh, Grant with his <laughs> his thoughts on what's going to happen with uh, new Woketopoly. So we already know what's coming here, right? Goodbye, Monopoly. Hello, woke Topoly. <laughs> Let's just accept the inevitable changes now. Everybody always gets a get out of jail free card, right? When you pass go, you have to give half of that 200 bucks to the other players. I think they're going to rename Jenga as well to uh, uh, 
blocky stack. Sure, that'll be a rule. If you go bankrupt, don't worry, you can still play. In fact, the other players will have to give you some of their money, and maybe the Monopoly Bank loads you back up as well. So Stimulus! You actually do better when you go bankrupt in the new Monopoly game. You don't need to pay rent no. for your spaces. Housing is a right in this new monopoly. Sure. You posted an offensive tweet about Joe Biden, go directly to jail. <laughs> Post one about Trump, proceed past go. Yeah. Chance card, you attend a BLM riot and fight for social justice. Collect 2000 in reparations. No more Oriental Avenue, of oh, no, course. No, no, no. That's no, 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 no. totally clear. No, here. no, no. You can steal anyone's property at any time. The monopoly guy... Rich Uncle Pennybags, well, he's got to go. He's a white supremacist. A new token character, a face mask, right? That's what he's got. You don't have to pay gas or electricity. If you land on the jackpot, you got to put 50% back into the bank. I never understood that about the, uh, the lottery. You notice that you, you take one lump payment, you get like half of it, and then they take taxes out of that, you know? Anyway. So uh, Rob Schmidt had Michelle Malkin on. I love Michelle Malkin. She is absolutely awesome. She is particularly conversant in uh, gun control uh, attempts by Democrats every time uh, a tragedy happens. Here is a little exchange. I got that done when I was a senator. It passed. It was law for the longest time. It's Joe Biden talking about the, uh, the ban on assault weapons from 1994 that didn't work. And it brought down these mass killings. No, it didn't. We should do it again. So everybody has their own data, it seems, these days, but that ban actually failed to be renewed in 2004, and studies showed it did not have a significant effect on firearm homicides. Nope. What's the truth here, Michelle? Well, you're correct about that. Everybody does have their own data, but uh, the study that is cited by both sides from the Justice Department that looked at the 10 years that that ban in, was in place unequivocally concluded that there was a lot of equivocation about what the actual effect was and that, in fact, they could not say definitively that gun violence was reduced. <laughs> and in part, that's because of the plain fact that before the ban was passed, only 2% of guns that were used in these types of mass shootings were the exact kind that were banned. So it, it shouldn't be a shock uh, that yeah. uh, the results were ambiguous in the, in the first place. And I think you, you have to set this in the context of Colorado. I've lived here for 11, 12 years now, and yeah. over the years, the liberals and, and the gun control lobby have done their best to increase the restrictions on law-abiding gun ownership. Uh, and at the time, that this mass shooting took place, of course, we had universal background checks. We have a red flag law. We have high capacity magazine bans, and it still happened. By the way, if gun control were really ways to prevent gun violence, then Chicago should be the safest city in America, right? We had Columbine when a lot of uh, these gun control laws were in place. More... They were mom and dad's guns. Uh, ...were introduced by Democrats... And this is the thing. You're yeah. going to introduce these things? Guess what? Common sense gun owners are not going to sit by and take it. There were a number right. of successful recalls of state legislators um, the last time this happened. And um, and they're going to be put on notice again. It's going to be a bloodbath in uh, 2022. And uh, uh, it's going to be ugly for Democrats because people are tired of this stuff. Tired of it. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking to uh, Representative Brian Babin about the border and about Trump's success and Biden's immediate reversal of the policies and his destruction of 
The border. Uh, Breitbart here combing through some of the DHS data, sir. Uh, Joe Biden's DHS frees 23.4 thousand border crossers in the U.S. in two months. Mayorkas just claimed on Sunday that his border is closed, his border is operational. Uh, what a load, huh? Uh, it's outrageously ridiculous and dangerous for the American people and dangerous for these migrants, these poor people that have their, you know, they're paying, uh, you know, anywhere from six to $8,000 to come up here. We've empowered, uh, I say we, the, the Biden administration has, has empowered the cartels. Uh, we have uh, uh, one third of female uh, migrants coming up uh, from the South uh, are, are sexually uh, uh, assaulted. And Did you hear that? 30% of women are being sexually assaulted who are sent up here. If that's not enough to send a signal to the uh, countries in Central America, South America, and Mexico to stop, then I don't know what is. And abused uh, over and over again, the, the Biden administration has failed the American people. And uh, I think it is time for the state of Texas to step up into the gap and start enforcing these uh, immigration laws and sure. protect American citizens. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody's got to do it, and they keep talking about the legal law here and what have you, but they are violating the law right and left. They're, they're releasing uh, COVID. And let me again state, this is not about compassion by the Democrats, not in any way, shape, or form. This is an attempt to create a permanent underclass of Democrat voters Ad infinitum. That is what this is all about. That is what this has always been about. It has nothing to do with earthquakes and hurricanes and corruption in their home countries. With positive uh, uh, immigrants and migrants into the into the country. It's nonsense. Uh, they are holding and detaining these uh, unaccompanied children for far longer than the 72 hours. They have abolished the great policies uh, you know, it is amazing that they're bl they're blaming President Trump and the previous administration, right. uh, Trump's administration for these problems when he actually did have a crisis in 2019. And he solved that crisis by working and negotiating with President Obrador uh, in Mexico, right. the mi migrant and protection protocols. And they hate Trump so badly uh, that they will not reinstitute sure. these policies. And the only thing they hate worse than Trump is America, as founded, as founded. Unbelievable. And again, the president of Mexico puts the blame solely on the shoulders of Joe Biden and his administration. Let's move on to Greg Kelly's show. He had Gordon Chang on. Now, if you have not heard about what's going on in China, and, you know, we all, many of us have cell phones uh, made in China. Uh, many of us have earbuds made in China. Many of us have computers. And, uh, you know, NBA players have their shoes, their $300 shoes manufactured uh, in China. Many of them by Uyghur slaves, by the way. Did you realize that there is a massive war against religion right now? Never, uh, let me just put it this way. Mao never dreamed of the power that uh, is granted to dictatorial states like China with regard to technology. Here's a little bit from Gordon Chang uh, about the war on religion in China. Gordon Chang, author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Uh, welcome again, uh, Gordon. Welcome back. Gordon, uh, give us an idea. What is it like to be a practicing Christian, uh, Muslim, or Jew in China? Now, I want you to listen carefully. You're going to hear some parallels 
to what happened with regard to faith in our country last year, what powers were granted to the government with regard to faith and gatherings. China. Well, for Christians, um, it is generally to be persecuted. Most Christians, somewhere between 90 to 115 million or so, are Protestants. Most of them pray at home in house congregations, and they are viciously attacked by the state. So it's very dangerous. And they are some of the most fervent Christians on earth. Now, I had many of my uh, liberal friends tell me that meeting in church was really not that big a deal, that you could worship at home. And they do worship at home in China. And then when they find out there's worshiping happening, they bust down the door. Kind of like uh, they were doing with uh, unauthorized gatherings with regard to COVID or Jewish funerals or or weddings in New York. They go to church for maybe eight or nine hours on a Sunday, and they feel that they haven't had enough. But this really is a problem for the Communist Party because the more they repress Christians, the faster Christianity grows. And they do fight back. But there are some parallels. <laughs> there are some parallels with what some of our leaders, some of our COVID dictators did last year with regard to practicing faith which is guaranteed in the First Amendment, the freedom to assemble. Did you realize that in states like California, Bible studies were banned? Do you realize how big a deal that is? This is uh, Greg Kelly talking to Johnny Moore, the president of the Congress of Christian Leaders, about the same subject, uh, the war on Christianity in China. And, and I'm also concerned about uh, the Uyghurs. Um, I should say the war on faith. Muslim communities in China. Yeah, I mean, what's happening is that the Chinese Communist Party is having the full-on relapse to the Cultural Revolution, but with surveillance <laughs> technology that Mao couldn't have even dreamed of. And they're deploying that technology to make sure that there isn't a Christian or a Muslim or, or any devout person in the country that isn't under the watchful eye of the of the Communist Party. And, and by the way, and and I'll just draw this parallel as well. You think about big social media and what they did to freedom of expression with regard to conservatism in the last couple of years. These are the same tactics. These are the same tactics. President Xi is deciding you know, what's okay when it comes to worship. I mean, he is literally attempting to take God himself off of his throne and put himself on God's throne. <laughs> and, and, and when you're talking about Muslim persecution, I mean, we're talking about like more than a million Muslims uh, in literally in concentration camps and pay attention kids in the western part of the country like literally every one of the most significant large unregistered churches have been shut down in china in the last year and a half and yet our secretary of state had the audacity this week to say to our allies that the united states isn't going to require you to pick between the United States and China, when China is responsible for the worst human rights abuses in the world right now, and not only within the country, but exporting its values to other countries around the world. Now, it gets worse, believe it or not. Here's Gordon Chang talking about not only what's happening, which is very, very similar to what happened in Nazi Germany, but also the, uh, the tacit support of it by our new president, Joe Biden. The central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. 
The idea I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in Western... This is the most tone-deaf thing I have ever heard in my life from a leader of our country. Mountains of, of uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one-China policy by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms at each country, and they, their leaders are expected to follow. Was he, Gordon, can you decode that for me? Unreal. I interpreted it as he was just giving them the green light to do whatever works culturally in China. And if that includes genocide, well, he gets it. <laughs> yeah, what he was saying was that uh, mass internments, institutionalized slavery, institutionalized rape, murder, all, all these are just really the result of those cultural norms. And we got to remember that China is building crematoria next to its concentration camps. Did you hear that? Let's listen to that again. Cultural norms. And we got to remember that China is building crematoria next to its concentration camps. So Dear God in heaven. We can understand what's going on in those facilities. And, and Biden just says, oh, you know, well, it's, it's just a difference of the way we view the world. That really was the most disgraceful thing I've ever heard from a president of the United States. It's not Biden's job to defend crimes against humanity. It's Biden's job to stand up for the American people and for the oppressed people in the world because we are the beacon of freedom, not only here, but elsewhere. Apparently, the Democrats, it doesn't matter as long as you get your cell phone made there, as long as you get your sneakers made there. Unbelievable. Are you worried about what your children are being taught in public schools? I am, actually. I've got a, a couple of kids. One of them is in high school. And uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina has uh, uh, created a new website to report indoctrination in North Carolina schools. Here's a report about that website. If I go into the classroom and I can't put my opinion aside long enough mm. to go inside the classroom and give impressionable young minds just the facts without my opinion i have failed as an educator facts stands for fairness accountability in the classroom for teachers and students here are just some of the concerns people can submit online examples of discrimination or harassment examples of students being influenced by political opinions and ideologies or excluding political opinions and ideologies which is more common let's now also not forget that critical race theory which if your kid is a white kid it'll make them hate themselves and uh, and if your kid is of color it'll make you hate the white kids proof of inappropriate content or subject matter during the press conference robinson who is the state's first black lieutenant governor claims a female student was not allowed to write a report on him for black history Month. Teacher would not allow her to do that and told her she had to do her report on Tupac Shakur. Now, I would say that is just really uh, just awful, first of all, you know, that your teacher automatically says, well, uh, you're, a, you're a person of color. You, you, you should do a report on Tupac Shakur. <laughs> that is indoctrination. The task force wants to collect the data, wow. analyze it, and then determine which complaints are the most <gasps> urgent. Thurgood Marshall, no, no, let's... Now, let's do one on uh, Tupac Shakur. What are you going to take? But we will know how we're going to tackle this after we get this information and disseminate it. Well, we need to make sure there's equity in the classroom and that people are being treated fairly. Tonight, the Education Justice Alliance says Robinson's task force is unnecessary, saying, quote, 
There is inequitable treatment of black, indigenous, and other students of color in some of our schools, especially as it relates to suspensions, expulsions, and referrals to law enforcement. We can look at data collected yearly that shows the disparities. We think Lieutenant Governor's task... You also have to look at the kids who are committing acts that re require the uh, law enforcement to be called and also school officials to be brought in. Force will be better served to look at real instances of inequities in our public... It kind of reflects what's going on in inner city America. I'm just going to be honest. And I'm a big advocate for helping out kids. I've been for 30 years. But this just mirrors what's happening in society. Schools. At the news conference, Robinson did not name every member of this 12-member task force. But the names that he did share, we checked on them. And like Robinson, many of them lean conservative. They include... Yeah, there you go. Of course. Of course. Because conservatism is discriminated against in, in schools. And I mean, that's without... There's no argument about that, particularly when you talk about higher education. Now, listen to this. In Loudoun County, Virginia, which is a hotbed for radical, radical leftism, usually perpetrated on the uh, public by uh, white suburban women who have some sort of a guilt trip. Uh, and uh, here's, here's what's going on there. Teachers have compiled a list of parents who question the racial curriculum, okay? So they actually are questioning the racial curriculum, this, uh, this nonsense with regard to uh, all of the, uh, the critical race theory that's being taught in schools there, and anybody who disagrees, anybody who disagrees with that, they are called out. We're going to get uh, Luke Rosiak on the phone here real quick. He is in Washington, D.C. He did an extraordinary piece on this uh, for the Daily Wire, which is the publication he works for. Luke, Luke Rosiak, thank you for joining me on my show today. I've been following for you for years, my friend. Thank you. I mean, literally, actually, uh, you know that that yellow VW that you keep seeing in your rearview mirror? That's me. <laughs> no, we go way back, Rob. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, you've just got a new gig at the Daily Wire, I see, and uh, and I, I just read one of your terrific pieces. Uh, teachers compile a list of parents who question racial curriculum and a plot a war on them. Uh, in a nutshell, tell me what's going on, because Loudoun County has just gone off the deep end as far as its uh, school system is concerned. Uh, as far as getting uh, you know kids back in classrooms and all that. But tell me about this. Well, for the last two years or so, the school system has decided that one of its primary missions is to root out white supremacy, as they call it, yeah, um, yeah. and systemic racism. And so basically, you know, the superintendent started calling himself racist, essentially, because he's in charge of the school system. But he decided that actually... Every element of it is, you know, has pervasive racism embedded in it. And so they subject these teachers to trainings and everyone gets really riled up and it's so urgent and everywhere there's, you turn there's racism, we've got to do something about it. And so the teachers take this message to heart and a group of parents and teachers starts up on Facebook where they start kind of egging each other on into this moral panic and describing people that raise questions about some of this and say, well, is there systemic racism? Is it true that my eight-year-old is innately an oppressor? Um, <laughs> you know, the, wow. those people are evil and they must be stopped. And so, you know, a, a teacher, a former teacher actually makes a, uh, well, so these people get together and they make a list of saying, um, you know, we've got to, uh, we've got to expose these people publicly. We're going to infiltrate them and we're going to hack their websites and redirect it to pro-critical race theory, anti-racist informational web pages. 
And so, you know, they basically describe using sometimes violence-tinged language, um, you know, as the, the, quote, evil enemy, which is just parents who are have policy huh. differences about the direction the school is going. Yeah. And, and sometimes, as you mentioned, they do mix in parents who are just frustrated that the schools are closed. So one guy they put on this list that he's like, I just spoke to the school board saying my kids haven't set foot in, a school for a, in school for a year, and you put me on a list. So what it really is is a, it's a panic or a witch hunt with a bunch of rich white women in the richest county in America um, who are acting the way you would if there was you know, the KKK or lynchings or something like If that kind of thing was happening, I think all of us would do whatever it took to stop it. We'd take up arms. We'd do whatever because that's horrible. You've got to stop it. That's how they were acting, except the evil that they were imagining was entirely imagined. And it is entirely <laughs> imagined. This, this is total this is, moral panic. This is shades of the Salem witch trials. It's the same sort of uh, uh, panic. It is the same sort of uh, inflammatory uh, language that ended up with people dying. And, and you see people like, uh, tell me about Beth Bartz. She's, she's an interesting character. And she is a, an extreme, extreme radical involved in this. Yes, she is, and she's on the school board. I mean, she's elected, you know, these people run for these things, and they just kind of virtue signal about unrelated political issues, and no one really pays attention. So, you know, whoever really thought about a school board? And so they got some real nuts on there, and she's one of them. And she really egged these people on. I mean, she got censured by the school board for yeah. her own insane social media contact, conduct, and she was so mad that that happened that she went to Facebook and was like, you know, these other liberal Democrats on the school board, they say they care about equity, but they censured me for being so aggressive to people, so they must not care about equity enough. <laughs> and so the people on, this, on the message board, you know, basically adopt that same logic that anyone who doesn't do these Salem witch hunt-esque, quote, anti-racism tactics is basically complicit, and they're the enemy too. And so, you know, a lot of the parents that were on this enemies list are almost certainly Democrats. Um, most of the messages being discussed about, you know, whiteness is everywhere and it's innately an oppressive force. Like, these are kind of nut job things that, like, you know, can you imagine if you, like, have a friend that's, like, just talk to your friends of any race about this. What would they say? If you, if you went to a random black guy on the street and started talking about all these buzzwords, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. It's totally made up stuff by rich white women. Um, but they, they became obsessed with it. And, um, you know, Dr. Seuss, you know, yes. everywhere, that kind of came from Loudon. <laughs> and wow. so they put a guy on this list they get a screenshot where he says, I've read a Dr. Seuss book. Can anyone show me what is racist? I don't understand. And so they put him on the list. Um, there's other people that are like, you know, um, they put him on the list for being, quote, neutral. So, you know, you don't have to be racist to be on this list. In fact, none of them provided any evidence of racism from their enemies. It's about questioning school policies. And yeah. if you don't do whatever they say, they're going to put you on a list. And it's like a lot of them are taxpayer-funded people who are, you know, paid by the mm -hmm. school system. Now, this uh, this woman, Bartz, she said with regard to the uh, the getting rid of Dr. Seuss books, which I think was a, a bridge too far for uh, most Americans, she said, thank you for stepping up 
Silence is complicity. Now, this, this oddly enough, Joe Biden was in Atlanta this weekend because uh, they are trying to say that anti-Asian Asian hate is uh, rampant in America. And yes, there have been some uh, attacks on Asians. They have increased since the, the virus, the pandemic happened. Uh, largely, uh, it's been going on around the country for more than 20 years. And the instigators are black males. And I'm just I'm just saying that's the case. I looked at the facts. But Joe Biden said with regard to Asian race attacks that silence is complicity. So clearly this is textbook leftist talk here that if you don't say anything, if you if you're not involved in it, then you are complicit in it. Exactly. It's all buzzwords. And one of the teachers who was involved in this group, you know, her motto is an educator in a system of <laughs> oppression is either a revolutionary or an oppressor. They're admitting to brainwashing our kids. They're admitting oh. to riling up, you know, eight and nine and ten year olds into the idea that everyone hates them. And unless they do something radical to fundamentally change society, everything is horrible. But, you know, it's justified because we are living in this oppressive state and we have to step up and be heroes. And yeah, people are going to criticize us. They might say we're indoctrinating. They might say we're violating the rules. They might say we're threatening people. But those are just bad people who we've got to stop <laughs> because we're in a revolution here and against, against oppressors. Now, this is again, in, the ahead. problem is we're not living in an oppressive state. It's a moral panic. They're, it's a, they're imagining things. But they truly are acting like they're in a war, and it's pretty scary. And it's pretty scary. The average African-American family in Loudoun County, uh, the household income is $112,000. So I don't know how badly they're oppressed and everybody else in, in Loudoun County makes a million dollars. Andrea Weiskopf, a teacher at uh, Riverbend and Seneca Ridge Middle School, named a father who had criticized critical race theory. Now, this father is married to a teacher, and they reported him... And, and if, I, if you don't mind me quoting, it says, uh, we are hopeful she does not share the same ideologies as her husband. Please confirm receipt of this message. So now it's not only uh, the actual parents or teachers, it's people outside. They need to go after them, too. This is ungodly. Wow. I see a uh, moderator on this page, uh, Jamie Ann Needig Wheaton. You always got to worry about those hyphenated uh, names of uh, <laughs> suburban white women. Let me let's tell you real quick, uh, off subject. When I was in Minneapolis, I used to get calls from people uh, on the radio, and they would always call up and say, I'm very offended by what you're saying. And I would say, are you a member of that oppressive group? And they'd say, no, but I know somebody who is. I said that <laughs> suburban, that 20 years, 25 years ago, I said suburban white women are behind all this crap. They are behind everything with regard to political correctness, and they are willing to step forward. The reason why the Washington Redskins are called the Washington football team is because a bunch of suburban white women decided they were offended for Native Americans who didn't care. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're yeah, they, they don't. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of knocked you back yeah, there. You look at this group, and it's yeah. even like, because it was on Facebook, I was poking around their profiles and things like that, and. They've all got their little Pinterest profiles where you go in their foyer, they're taking pictures of their foyer, and they've got a little sign that says, you know, this home is full of love, life, and laughter. You know, this doesn't sound like my wife. We, you know, I, during the day, I can't imagine her saying, burn it down, or, or what was that communistic expression you mentioned a moment ago? And then we sit together and watch uh, Chip and Joanna on uh, on uh, HGTV. <laughs> yeah. uh, where can people find you online? I know you're, you are, uh, you know, you got a new job. 
Yeah, I'm with the Daily Wire, Bureau's website. We're really excited about a new investigative team, so check that out. Um, you know, and if you're interested in this school's indoctrination and you want to find out if it's happening near you or submit stuff that's happening to your kids, yes. uh, I have a website called whatarethelearning.com. Whatarethelearning.com. And you can submit stuff. You can sort it by every district in the country because um, this is happening everywhere. And kind of if you don't speak up, no one else is going to. I, I think the parents have to, if you're not okay with what's going on in the yeah. schools, I think you got to say something about it because, um, you know, who's, who's going to do it if, if not us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll check out the website. Luke, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Rob. All right, see you. All right that is Luke Rosiak of uh, The Daily Wire, a parent in Loudoun County, actually, a couple weeks ago, stood up. And, and it's really interesting to uh, know and to hear from a parent. This is kind of a, a Paul Revere moment, I think. And listen to this, what this woman had to say to the Loudoun County School Board. By the way, Loudoun County, uh, at their school board meetings, the, some of the members have been known to fall asleep while parents were at the podium. They act disinterested, and they are doing everything they can, along with the teachers' union, to keep teachers out of the classroom. If a guy can go to Home Depot and work a cash register, a teacher can go to school and teach. It's nonsense that it's not happened. Here is this uh, woman at a Loudoun County School Board meeting taking them to task. Hi, I'm a teacher speaking on behalf of every fed-up teacher in this nation. This school district continues to show up on national news, and it is absolutely embarrassing to see what once used to be the nation's leading uh, school district has desecrated to. This school district is upon almost every single school district in the nation that continues to force teachers through mandatory training where we are told to examine our whiteness, white privilege, white supremacy, microaggressions upon every other thing that is nonsense, absolutely stupid and racist. Now, the same school district wants to threaten to fire teachers who do not agree with a critical race theory. You are the face of privilege. You do not speak for us if you do not work with us. If you keep up this racist insanity, you will have successfully stripped us of every ounce of love of teaching. And so far, you have succeeded in doing that. Keep this up, and you will lose all of your teachers at the same rate that you have been losing these incredible families who some of you fall asleep when they're trying to get your attention. God bless. That would be what I call a mic drop, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, big time, big time. Thanks for joining me today, guys, on the Newsmax Daily. I greatly appreciate it. Make sure to download the Newsmax TV app on your phone so you can watch all of the great shows and also uh, my show, which is, uh, of course, Rob Carson's What in the World that you can see on weekends. My name is Rob Carson. Have a glorious day. God bless. And I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.